Okay. In the, in the English Hebrew Tanya, on the bottom is page 207, Perik Memal, chapter 41. This is a, um, a famous and important chapter of Tanya, and it is really the beginning of a section of about, I would say, about 10 chapters that deals with all forms of Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem. We know that when it comes to serving Hashem, there is the actual mitzvahs that we do, the, uh, which are primarily action mitzvahs. Hamaisa Hua Ikaras has a Pirkei The main thing is to do it, to do the yes mitzvahs and to not do the Averis. But then there is the feelings with which we do the mitzvahs, the emotions that we infuse into our mitzvahs. And we have discussed it in Tanya before that um, Kabbalistically, the two main feelings that accompany our mitzvahs, which are love of Hashem and fear of Hashem, are considered wings. The Zohar calls them wings. Just like wings make a bird fly. So the same with our mitzvahs, we do the mitzvahs, the mitzvah is done. But that it should be able to ascend to his proper spiritual place, that's when it's infused with the proper emotion. Um, and that's the, and the truth is, Avas Hashem is a mitzvah for itself. There's a mitzvah to love Hashem. Yiras Hashem is a mitzvah as well. We're saying, Dami, Vahaftas Hashem Alokacha. There's a mitzvah to love Hashem and a mitzvah to fear Hashem. But love and fear, more than being mitzvahs in their own right, are really accompaniments for all the mitzvahs. So we do a mitzvah out of love. Is it one or the other? Or? Meaning? Meaning, is each mitzvah considered one, either Ava or Yira, or it's a combination of both for every mitzvah? There's a mitzvah of Ava. No, I'm saying when, so, you do, when you're doing a regular mitzvah. A regular mitzvah should be accompanied both with Ava. That's what I mean. Both, right. It's not one or the other. In other words, the way a mitzvah is bishlemus, the way it's complete, is when it's, it's accompanied with a feeling of love for Hashem and fear of Hashem. Like we say in uh, the Avinu Malkenus, we say we, we connect to Hashem like Avinu, like a father, a parent, which is a love relationship. And Malkenum is a king, a king which is a fear relationship. And a mitzvah is only considered complete if it's accompanied by both Ava and Yira, both love and fear. So these chapters that we're going to be learn, learning are discussing the need for love and fear and also different methods of how to create love for Hashem and how to create fear of Hashem in different, um, different levels. There's not only one level of fear, there's not only one level of love. So really this next section of Tanya deals with a lot of angles of understanding love and fear for Hashem. Now, um, quick introduction. There is a general understanding that love is seen as the basis for the 248 positive commandments and fear is for the 365 negatives. Right? You know the Torah is split in half. It's not exactly half. It's not equal. But there's 248 positive commandments. Mitzvahs you got to do. There's 365 averis. So it says in Sfer that Ava, love, is primarily necessary for the positive commandments. I do things out of love because I love him, so therefore I want to connect him, so therefore I do what he says. Fear is primarily for that virus. I won't do that because, you know, I'm afraid of him. I'm afraid. And fear, of course, is different meanings. Fear, afraid, uh, fear doesn't really mean the, uh, fear of retribution. It means fear of his awesomeness, of his greatness, a feeling of humility before him. So typically speaking, and this is a common phrase almost, that ahava, which is love, is the shorish, is the root for the mitzvah say for the positives, and yira, which is fear, is the root for the negatives. Right? And here in the beginning of chapter 41, the Alter Rebbe is going to um, say something about that. And he's going to say that even though that's true, that in a sense, with love, we, we do the mitzvahs, and with fear, we stay away from that virus. Nevertheless, fear is a negative um, 
is a negative prerequisite even for doing mitzvahs. Because a person has to have a basic level of yiras shemayim, basic level of fear of Hashem or or basic level of humility before Hashem, and that's a basic prerequisite for everything. Whether it's mitzvah sasei or mitzvah say whether positives or negatives. That's where he opens up chapter 41. So that's uh, that's introduction. Let's read it inside. Questions? Good. I like to. I mean, maybe this will come up, but I like to think of fear of Hashem, <coughs> the fear of not being as close to him as, as you possibly could be. Okay, definitely. And, and that works a little bit with the Abeiros because then that's what, they disconnect. that's what they're doing. They disconnect us from Hashem. Um, and for sure, there is truth to that statement. More so, I think fear is the sense of humility before him. Understanding that Hashem is not just my buddy-buddy. You know, we're, we're good friends and I'd love to be near him. And like you're saying, I'm afraid to being distant from him. The fear that you're describing is a true feeling, but it's more of a fear born out of love. As I want to be connected, so I'm afraid of disconnecting. So there is such a fear, but that's really a love fear. Whereas the real Yiras Hashem is a sense of understanding that Hashem is my master. At the end of the day, yes, Hashem loves me and I love Hashem and so on and so forth, but He's not only a good friend and a good father and a buddy-buddy and loves me and I love Him. He's also my master and I'm, I'm here to serve Him. And to serve him and to do what he what he says, you know when when you have um, when we're in the, uh, in the company of a great tzaddik, so we act in a certain way because of his greatness, because of his awesomeness. We feel small. I'm not going to act in the regular way when I'm standing in the room of a great tzaddik. That's called fear. Now I'm not. It's not fear that I'm afraid he's going to hit me. Tzaddik's not going to hit me. But I feel small. I feel humble before him, and therefore I'm not going to act out of line. So fear of Hashem in the same ways. We have to feel humbled before Hashem, small before Hashem. And that comes from thinking about the greatness of Hashem. So while there's also the love side and there's the relationship side and all that is true, there also is the part which is much more the commitment and uh, dedication because of the greatness of Hashem and the awesomeness of Hashem and recognizing that. Does anyone uh, make the opposite argument? Which is? That the, uh, that the fear is really more connected to the positive commandments and the uh, that the fear is get, more connected could, to positive could you make I'm saying couldn't it be the it could be the opposite as well how's that is that the the, the fear is saying like oh, I, you know I, I'm so humble for Hashem I better start doing good I better start doing good things because I'm so humbled and because I'm so in awe of Hashem and then the other way around is I love Hashem so I don't want anything bad I don't, I don't want to upset him right. I don't want to do anything right. bad so I got to stay away from the load okay okay there's a lot of that but the typical way in the, the, the typical way is when you love someone you want to draw close the way we draw close is doing the thing that connects. Not doing an Avera doesn't draw me close. Not doing it is I'm not going to get on your nerves. Right. Right? I'm not going to do something that's against your will. Drawing close is through doing the thing that connects us. So typically understood, Ava, which is the desire to connect, is best expressed by doing the thing that he loves most. That's a typical way. Let's read inside. Parakamal, chapter 41. Bram, however, it should always, it has to always be remembered. What's the first step of Aveda? The first, the basic, like we said, prerequisite. The Ikra, the Sharsha, the mainstay, the root. What's the beginning of being an Ovid Hashem, of being a servant of Hashem? Vuhu, and that is. Even though it's true. That fear is seen to be the root for surmira, for staying away from bed. 
For Ava and the love for Hashem levasei toiv, that Ava love is the source, the root for doing good. <clears throat> Just going back to your question, it's going to add something. When you love someone, you want to give them a gift, right? Love is expressed more so in doing Great. something positive. The sense of 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 um, humbling myself or dedicating myself to someone because of commitments that commitments keep me from doing from not going the other direction. Love is typically in the in a form of positive expression. She says, Af al nevertheless, even though it's true that love is a root, is a source for the positive, and fear is a source for not doing the negative, nevertheless, loidai, it's not enough. It's not enough to awaken love alone to do good. The person will say, I have a loving relationship to Hashem and I'll just do mitzvahs, everything out of love. Says the Tanya, that's not adequate. At least, a person has to awaken first, the natural level of fear, that's hidden in the heart of every Jew, not to rebel. In the king of all kings, Hashem, as explained earlier in Tanya, that that basic sense of fear, of rebelling in Hashem, should be revealed in one's heart or mind at least. How is this done? When a person reflects with his thoughts this. <clears throat> a person reflects on the greatness of Hashem and His kingdom. That Hashem's kingdom is the kingdom of all worlds, both spiritual, celestial, and down here. He fills all worlds and surrounds or transcends all worlds. As the Pasuk says, Hashem says that I, don't I fill heaven and earth? The Pasuk in Yirmiyot. And even though Hashem is so great, and here he says, he takes a very interesting angle here. Hashem sort of leaves over all the higher worlds and the lower worlds. Hashem uniquely bestows his kingdom, his kingship, on his nation, Klal Yisrael, love Bifrat, and on me specifically. You notice what he says is like this. What causes Yiras Hashem? When a person recognizes the awesome greatness of Hashem, that's only part one, and part two, that that awesome greatness of Hashem, Hashem is focusing his attention on me, and he's looking at me. And he wants to see how I'm doing, what's going on. Am I, you know, am I living up to his expectations of me? So then I'm standing like in the throne room. The king is watching me. So why would I think that Hashem uniquely bestows his kingship on me? And he brings from a Gemara, Adam Loimar Bishvili Nivra This is a very famous Gemara, where the Gemara says, based on last week's parsha. Last week's passage, we have the story of creation. So the Gemara asks a simple question, which is that man was created uniquely different than all the other creations. What's the difference? Free will. Okay, good, correct, but that's not what this Gemara is focusing on. What's another difference between the way man was created and all other creations? 
Um, that the woman was taken from him. Yeah, but how is he... Okay, okay, also correct. And yet the Gemara here is going to a different angle. What I'm going to say, you know already. It's just a question of... Uh, created as an adult? Getting the right thing. Well, no. no. The, many animals, animals are created of uh, fully grown. He was created as one. When Hashem said, let there be trees, there was millions of trees. Let there be grass, let there be lions, tigers, and beers. There was millions. Yeah, but not uh, you know, sun, one sun, one Because there, there's only going to be one sun. But man is going to be a species. But he didn't say, let there be people. Just like, let there be cows. Right? When it comes to people, unlike any other creation that was going to be multiples, you're right, of course, there's one sun and moon, because that's how it's supposed to be. But any other creation that was going to be multiples was created as multiples. And when it came to Adam, he created one man, and then ultimately one woman, and now go create a world. And they did. Today, there's billions of people, but they started with one. Says the Gemara... Why? Well, even more so, like that the, that the woman wasn't created separately. That she was part of him, right? Still also right. That's even even within that. But either way, the fact is, there was one. There was one man, and then there was one woman, and from them came mankind. And you realize that the world was created for them. Oh, says the Gemara. Why? Why was man created alone? Everyone should always look at themselves and not look at themselves as one of many. Like, okay, yeah, there's there's a you know, billion people out there. I'm just, I'm just one there. Every person has to see themselves as someone who stands in the shoes of Adam Arusha, which means there's an entire world created, and I am expected to fulfill my mission and my job in this world unique, <coughs> uniquely. It's about me. Hashem knows me by my first name, gave me my neshama, gave me my job, and is watching. You know, how you doing? So the pressure's on. Says the Tanya, that's where Yiras Shemayim comes in. When a person is able to recognize two sides of the coin, on the one hand, the awesome greatness of Hashem, all the worlds, everything, he's the king of everything. And at the same time, everything else he sort of dims in the background, and he he uh, super, what's the word? Laser focus. He laser focuses, thank you, on me. And he's watching, okay, what are you doing today? You know, when are you getting out of bed? You going to die or not going to die? What's the story? That creates the ultimate sense of Yiras now, what's what's interesting about this is because many people, you know, today people don't like. Even you mentioned earlier, people are uncomfortable with Yiras Shemayim. They like much more Abbas Hashem. People don't like fear. The whole fear factor, and one of the reasons is because people understand fear to mean that I'm worthless, I'm small, I'm tiny, I'm not important. The opposite. But if you read Tanya's description of fear, it has nothing to do with my smallness. To the contrary, he's basing it on Bishvili Nivra Ha'ilam. Fear is the sense of super importance. And therefore, how can I make a mistake? It's like if you're the CEO of a major company, so your little mistake can cost the company a billion dollars. So you're afraid. You, you take, when, you have a, when, when you are very important, when you're the focus of the attention of important people, so then you make sure to be straight. And you're actually very nervous. There's a lot of pressure in that. Great power comes great responsibility. I'm sorry? It's a line from uh, Spider-Man. Oh. It's a line from Spider-Man. Which Hasidic Rebbe? <laughs> great power comes great... I'm sure, I'm sure they got it from some uh, Gemara, for sure. Well, it's... That's also yeah, where it comes I mean, from. It, this is. In other words, the greater one is, the more they matter. And the more what they do matters. And that's... that's a, it's, an, it's an unbelievable way of looking at it. Um, when you tell a person, you know, you know how to do ABC. Oh, why? Because I'm nothing? No, because you're important. 
if you wouldn't be important, who cares what you're doing? Right? Nobody minds if the you know what the ants are doing. Nobody minds, but you're important. The more important you are, the more important what you're doing is. And that comes along. That's really what Yiras Shemayim means. It's not Yiras Shemayim. Hashem is going to send a, you know a lightning to, to kill me. Yiras Shemayim is the, the pressure that Hashem is my King and He's waiting for me to perform. And He's, as it says in Shulchan Aruch in the beginning, when a person wakes up in the morning, you should think Hashem is standing over my bed, you know, waiting for me. That's Yiras Shemayim. So that's what He says here. He says so. A person, what a person should be thinking is. How the awesomeness of Hashem, how he feels all worlds, it transcends all worlds. But he puts it all aside. He sort of, you know, like we said, blurs it all and laser focuses on me. And the Jewish people in general, and I mean individually, a person is required. And that's a, again, that's a quote from the Gemara. A person is required. Is that Masech Sanhedrin? It's going to say here, for my sake the world is created. Number three, Mishnah, yeah, Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin, chapter 4, Mishnah 5. So it's a Mishnah. That a person is required to say the rule is created for me. V'hu gam hu. Mekabel alav malchuse. L'hiyais melech alav. A yid is mekabel, accepts upon himself. That Hashem should be my melech, should be my king. Ula avdai v'lasis ritzaynai. To serve him and fulfill his will. Bechal, kechal, bechal mine avedas eved. And anything that a servant has to do. If I have a great master and the master is expecting me of me certain things, that's who we are. I am a servant of Hashem. We actually say it when we take the Aron, when we open up the ark before we take out the Torahs, we say that paragraph in Aramaic. A lot of people, uh, the Baruch Shemay, right? It's in Aramaic, so a lot of people don't, uh, you know, don't know it at all. The Taich. Although I've been to shuls where they say that in English. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. I've heard shuls that say that in English. Yeah. Actually, it's a very powerful uh, statement. And in it, there's a famous quote, Ano avda de that I am a servant of Hashem. That's the avda, that's the concept of a servant, is the concept of, of an avda, of Yerush Hashem. And it continues and he says, Vihine Hashem nitzav alav. And behold, Hashem is standing above the person. Umale urmlo kal ha'aretz The entire world is filled with Hashem's glory. Umabit alav, but Hashem is focusing, is gazing on the person. Uboichein keloyos valiv. He's searching one's heart. Keloyos literally mean the, uh, literally it's the kidneys, the innards of a person. But he's searching, Hashem is looking at the person and searching. Im karoi. Is the person serving Hashem properly? Valkain, and therefore if a person reflects upon this, Tzarich la'avid l'fana of a person should therefore serve Hashem be'ema v'yira with fear and trepidation ka'emid l'fnei ha'melech. Like someone who's standing in front of the king and is, understands that the king is looking at the person at that point and that's how one should, that should be a basic concept of yiras Hashem that should propel me to do whatever avodah is necessary for me to do. Now, let's go back for a moment. These, this quote on the second to the last line of the page, Vihine Hashem Nitzav Alav. Hashem is standing over him. Where's that quote from? Quickly, think through the entire Torah. Vihine Hashem Nitzav Alav. Hashem is standing over him. Is it something with with with, with uh, Adam or no? No. No. Nope. It's in Yirmiyahu. No, 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 no. <laughs> Chumash Bereshis, but not Parshas Bereshis. When I'm going to say it, you're going to recognize it. Nitzav Alav? Oh, Nitzavim? Nitzavim Alav? 
That's not Chumash Bereshis. That's Chumash Devarim. Hine Hashem Nitzav Alav is in Yaakov's dream. The famous dream of the Torah. Yaakov, Yaakov is on the way down from Israel to Charam, to where he's ultimately get married, to Rachel and Leah. And there he takes a nap on Temple Mount. And in the mountain, in the dream, and then he dreams. And in the dream, he sees the ladder. Right in the ladder, there's angels going up and down the ladder. Right, yeah. ringing a bell here. And all the mm-hmm. all yeah. the stones turn into one. And all the stones turn into one. That story in the beginning of Pasha Vayitzay. But in the beginning of his dream, it says, "Ve'iroa sulam mutzav artsa." He sees a ladder that's standing on the ground. Ve'rosho magia hashemayma. The head of the ladder is in heaven. Ve'hine Hashem nitzav alav. Hashem is standing over him. And in that dream, Hashem speaks with him. That's where that quote, those words, Vihine Hashem Nitzav Alav, come from. So really, it's sort of a borrowed term. Because really, he was talking about a very specific story with Yaakov and the dream and Hashem is standing above him. But what the Tanya is telling us is that really, just like Hashem stood over Yaakov and he was looking at him, in the same way Hashem is Nitzav Alav, standing above each and every one of us at every point in time. Um, some shuls have on the Aron Kodesh what do they have? What, any words in the Aaron Kodesh in Makor? Uh, yeah. Come on. Go on. Yadata El Miata Omer. Probably Dal if name Miata Omer. Know before whom you are standing. There's also another thing that's. Uh, Sometimes we'll say Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit. They've said them both there? No, there's like a plaque on the, on the. Okay, which means that I put Hashem before me always. Both of those statements, and this, you know, it's not a. Um, it's not random that they're on the Aron Kodesh. Both of those statements tell a yid, you should remember before whom you stand. Hashem is in front of you, Hashem is watching you, Hashem is looking at you. Now, and here comes a very interesting idea. And that is, tonight we, maybe we, learned, we didn't learn that long, but a very, a very important idea is, um, why is Hashem watching me? Does he have nothing better to do? I mean, just to focus in on me and see, am I listening? Am I following orders? Am I not following orders? Why is he doing that? And again, we come back to what we started with. The reason why Hashem is watching me is because what I'm going to do or not going to do is that important to him. When you um, have something really, really important and you give someone the mission to carry it out for you, you're waiting and hoping and expecting that they should do it. Hashem created a world, and that world has a plan, has a mission. And the mission is to bring light into this world and bring holiness into this world, and we are the ones who are commissioned with that mission. And not just as a general being, but each one of us has our own piece of the mission that we have to accomplish. Like how, uh, you know, that just mission right now with Trump, you know, how they're... They killed that, that terrorist leader. I'm not going to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're saying all to President Trump, all the people were standing around watching were the they? camera. Cause they, yeah, yeah, because they want to know what's going on. So that makes so much sense. So important. Such an important mission, you, you're sure that he's not doing anything else. He's focused. So Hashem is focused on us because of the importance that he attributes to our avodah. And here I want to share with you a beautiful idea that the Rebbe once said. And that is, on these words of the Pasuk, that Hashem was standing over Yaakov, there's an interesting medrash. That what I'm going to say now doesn't say in the Tanya. It's an idea of the Rebbe on this Pasuk. So the Pasuk says, look at the difference between Tzadikim and Rishayim. You know, the wicked and, and the holy. It says, by Tzadikim, like Yaakov, we have Hashem 
<coughs> is miskayim over Yaakov. Hashem's standing over Yaakov. Where do we have the word nitzav by a Russia? So we have in the second Chumash by Paro. It says, remember, Hashem tells Moshe, go find Paro in the mornings. When he is, Paro, nitzav al hayor. When he's standing over the or the Nile. Right, because Paro wouldn't go to the bathroom in the palace, and he said he's a god, a deity, and he would go out <coughs> early morning to the Nile, and he would go to the bathroom there. So Hashem tells Moshe, go to find Paro. Paro is standing over the Nile. Now, here comes the Medrash, and draws a very interesting comparison. Who was the god of the Egyptians? Uh, sheep. Oh, sheep, but before that, the Nile. The Egyptians served the Nile. Why did they serve the Nile? Because the Nile gave them their water water source. Says the Medrash, who's standing above whom? By the wicked, Paro was standing over the Nile. By the Tzaddik, the God was standing over the person. Am I being clear? Yeah. Right? So the Medrash says... But but also, didn't Paro consider himself a God? He He did, but but that's true also, but but they served the Nile. So the, the wording of the Medrash is... That tzaddikim elokehem miskayim alehem. The God stands over the tzaddik. The rishoyim hey miskayim alelokehem. They stand over their God. And it's like so many cryptic midrashim. It's not clear what what's the point. I mean, okay, fine, interesting. But what is it, what is it really saying? And the way the Rebbe explained it was the following. He said it doesn't say really that Paro stood over the Nile. It says miskayim. The word kayim means he gets his existence from. In other words, why did they serve the Nile? Because they recognized that they needed the Nile. So they stood over the Nile and recognized that they were their existence, their sustenance, their food source was from the Nile. Just like the Egyptians recognized that they need the Nile, by the tzaddikim Hashem says, I need the tzaddikim. Hashem says, I created a world and I created a mission and I need you to fulfill it. Hashem makes himself needy for our Avodah. And that's an amazing concept. It's not like, you know, Hashem takes a nap and, you know, you want to do mitzvahs, do them. It's your business. You know, it's good for you if you do them. If not, you know, do something else. We learn, we learn, no. Hashem created us and then says, you know what, I need your Avodah. Because I need your Avodah, I'm watching, like like you said, like they're watching the, the mission. And that, says the Tanya, is really what Yerushalayim is about. So this is a, um, I think it's a unique approach. It's not the typical understanding of Yerushalayim, like, oh, Hashem is going to hit me because he's angry at me. Here Yerushalayim is the recognition of the super importance that Hashem attributes to us and to what we do. And and therefore, how could I not perform? You know, Imagine those commandos right. in that mission, and they know that the uh, Trump and his whole uh, cabinet are watching. So you don't make a wrong move. You do what you got to do. And that is, says the Alter Rebbe, why or the first step for doing any mitzvah should be that sense of accepting the yoke of heaven, accepting the uh, year of Shemayim. And therefore, we'll just read another two, three lines here, on the second line on page 112, the one should think deeply into this, and at length, according to the ability of a person's understanding and mind, or kifi 
and based on how much time you have, lefnei esek ha-Torah or ha-Mitzvah, before one is involved in Torah study or doing a Mitzvah, kimo, for example, lefnei levisha talas at filin, in the morning I get up, I go to shul, I put on talas and filin, says the Tanya, take a minute and think. Think about what's going on. Think about Hashem is watching me. Think about Hashem is focused on me to see that I'm going to serve Him properly. And in that way, to begin to do the mitzvahs of the day with a proper kavan. We'll continue from there. Okay. Um, actually, I have a, a question. Let's turn this off over here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.